The text that we will examine today and take to heart is from Matthew's Gospel, the ninth chapter and the first verse of chapter 10. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. So far our text, would you please pray with me? O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, quite a week, huh? It, uh, it certainly uh, didn't start out to be uh, quite as crazy as it ended up to be. Uh, all kinds of things uh, closed. In fact, uh, my, uh, my good friend was going to fly out uh, and, and join me. We were going to watch the NCAA basketball tournament as we've done since, oh, 1998. <laughs> We've, we've done it every year, and almost every year, and, 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 and those uh, plans changed, and plans of Concordia changed. Everything changed. People sequestering themselves, except to go out and buy what? <laughs> right? What is up with that? Man, I had to buy groceries yesterday. It took me four, four attempts to finally get my groceries there and paid for, and sure enough, every cart, toilet paper. I didn't have any, so... All right, so what do we do with all this? Lots of fear, lots of uncertainty, right? I mean, even, uh, you know, stubborn farm boys like myself, we kind of scoff at all these things. But then you start thinking, well, geez, maybe I could be a, you know, a carrier of, of the COVID-19 virus. I wouldn't want to get anyone sick and and for most people, you're, you know, you maybe have some mild symptoms and, and it's really not too severe. But for others, it's life-threatening. I, I think I saw that in our country, anyway, now 50 lives have been claimed. So a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of not knowing for sure what. You know, we were just talking here before the service. We don't know a ton about this virus even yet. So, hang with me, because we will see what the Lord has to speak to us in this time. It isn't the first time, and you know this, that there, have been a, there has been a pandemic. Um, all over the world, people have been affected by different illnesses. But I'm going to go back a few centuries, quite a few, to the third century. We're going to just pause for a moment in talking about the plague of Cyprian, 
So it lasted from roughly 249 to 262 AD. So about, I'm no math person, I think that's 13 years. Confirm, thank, Jeff can confirm that, okay. So <laughs> I just say it's sometime around 20, you know, so. So this, uh, this horrible plague of Cyprian, we don't know if it was measles, smallpox, or whatever, but it affected the entire Roman Empire. And at that time, the Roman Empire was basically the world. Uh, there were other countries that were independent far enough away, but Rome ruled an unbelievable amount of area. And this, this plague, this illness, struck uh, all over uh, inhabited world, unless you were just a sequestered tribe someplace. Now, uh, an Athenian historian <coughs> excuse me, said that at the height of the plague, 5,000 people per day perished. It was a, a horrible and scary thing because no one really knew how it was passed. No one really knew what was happening. This is way before we understand, understood germs or, or anything like that. So <clears throat> in this time, there was a bishop of Alexandria, Egypt, named Dionysius. So he was a very learned man. And he wrote about how Christians dealt with this plague in this time. He said, most of our brethren showed love and loyalty in not sparing themselves while helping one another, tending to the sick with no thought of danger, and gladly departing this life with them, after becoming infected with their disease. Many who nursed others to health died themselves, thus transferring their death to themselves. The best of our own brothers lost their lives in this way. Some presbyters, deacons, and laymen, a form of death based on strong faith and piety that seems in every way equal to martyrdom. Gosh, amazing. So Christians went to the homes and the places where people were infected. They themselves got the disease and, and, and many of them perished as well. Now, uh, I'm not going to read the quote from Dionysius that spoke of how the pagans, unbelievers, handled it, but suffice it to say that they pushed out from their presence anyone who was affected. They sequestered themselves. They hid in, in fear and uncertainty, and, 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 and that's you know, certainly understandable. But Christians behaved differently. They carried with them the compassion of Jesus. That's where I want to focus this morning, the compassion of Jesus how he dealt with the people that he created, the author of life, how he dealt with his people. Now, uh, chapter 9 in, uh, in Matthew is filled with accounts of Jesus' healing. 
So he, the chapter begins with him healing a, a guy who was paralyzed. His friends brought him and he healed him. And then it, show, it, it talks about Jesus inviting tax collectors and sinners to eat with him, to dine with him. So he wasn't afraid of people on the fringes or anything like that. He said, come on in. And, 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 and while he was there, he did a little teaching. He said, uh, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. That was, that was the key uh, message that he gave to them. It's not the, those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. Go learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. So Jesus made sure that everyone knew that they were welcome in his presence. He welcomed himself into their presence. The chapter goes on with Jesus raising from the dead Jairus' daughter, healing a woman with a flow of blood for 12 years, Two blind men followed him, and he turned and healed them. A boy who was stricken, a man who was stricken with an evil spirit that caused him to be unable to speak, he healed him, cast out the demon. And it comes to the end of the, the chapter here, and then we, we read these verses of our text. Now, I started this by saying that we're going to focus on the compassion of Jesus. And that's embedded in our text here. <clears throat> Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them. Now, some of you know this, but the word for compassion is a Greek word that's really fun to say. Splagnizo. <laughs> so you can go and press your friends. Oh, well, literally, it means in the guts. It's what we feel deeply. And typically, when we are moved that way, it, it, it compels us to act because we have such compassion, such deep feelings for a person that we are moved to act. So Jesus had that kind of reaction. To what? Well, as he saw the people because they were distressed and dispirited, uh, harassed and helpless, I think is how the New International Version translated. So if we think of those kinds of experiences that people have, distressed, dispirited, harassed, helpless, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've certainly bumped into those kinds of things this week. And so when Jesus saw the people distressed, dispirited, harassed, helpless. And by the way, that, that dispirited or, or helpless word, a little bit difficult to translate, but it's, it's really kind of cast down. 
those who have just been sort of cast down. And Jesus' compassion for them moved him. Because, and the verse continues, they were like sheep without a shepherd. Now, the religious leaders of the day, they were more interested in sacrifice than in mercy. That's why Jesus said earlier that, uh, um, that uh, uh, where are we at here? I, I, I lost it. Uh, uh, wow, my eyeballs aren't working. <laughs> I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And so when, when, the, when the Pharisees, who were really to be the shepherds in that time, what were they worried about? Uh, he, they were saying, well, why is your teacher eating with the tax collectors and sinners? Yeah. And a little bit later, they said, well, he casts out demons by the ruler of demons. The shepherds were anything but compassionate, anything but shepherds, but not Jesus. Because he looked at them and he said, they don't have anybody to care for them. They're all harassed and helpless and distressed and dispirited. And so Jesus is the one that walks into the midst of this humanity as a shepherd. A shepherd is with his sheep in storms, at night, when there are wolves coming. The shepherd is the one standing guard. The shepherd is the one not abandoning his sheep. The shepherd is the one that will put his life in danger to save his sheep. Indeed, we are talking about our shepherd, your shepherd, my shepherd, Jesus. In fact, this shepherd went so far as to cure our greatest illness, death. Death is frightening. It is. You know, when we have this coronavirus you know, affecting people in the most drastic way of them losing their life. It's like, oh my goodness. And indeed, death, we'll, we'll all face it sooner or later. But Jesus went first. Jesus went first. Because your shepherd has compassion on you. Regardless of what we experience, your shepherd has compassion on you. First of all, he went and conquered death, that illness that we can't conquer on our own, and he did it. And he rose victorious on Easter morning to show that, you know what? Death ain't got nothing on me. And death has nothing on you. Because when we put our faith in Jesus, there is nothing that can take us or snatch us out of our Father's hand. Our next Breath, when we breathe our last, will be in the presence of the angels in heaven and hearing our Father say, come on in, man. This is a fantastic place. I got it all prepared for you. 
So what do we do in the meantime? I mean, it's, for me, it's pretty comforting knowing that we can't lose, even amidst the, the worry of a virus. But what do we do in the meantime? Well, let's listen to what our shepherd has to say. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. And then he summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of illness. The disciples were to go out with that compassion and at this time the authority and power of Jesus to heal and cast out demons. Now, I... I, I can't do that. <laughs> I, I wish I could touch everybody and make them immune from the coronavirus or to touch those who are ill. I, I'm unable to do that. But what I can do and what you can do is to reach out in whatever way, shape, or form that's safe and good with the compassion of Jesus. I was just talking to my mom yesterday. She is a, a widow living in, in Nebraska and you know, lived in Nebraska her life, raised cattle for years, kind of a no-nonsense person. I still get chewed out every now and then. Yeah, I know I'm in trouble when she uses Wesley. That's my given name, right? So, uh, you know, they're all, of course, dealing with the same thing that, that we are there. And then, so I was kind of proud of my mom. She's not usually one to, 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 to do these things, but in, a, in, a, in church, you know, they were talking about, uh, you, know, you know, the restrictions and everything like that. And she says, you know, we can't go into the nursing homes because, you know, rightly so, they've, they've you know, barred people from coming in because those are our fragile population. She said, but they can get letters. They can get letters. They can get a phone call. If you know someone who's unable to get out or really locked up just for fear of, of being infected, maybe that's a person that you can bring the compassion of Jesus to, to meet them where they are, because they too are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. That all of a sudden these workers are few. I see a whole bunch here, man. I see a whole bunch. So as we go out, of course, being safe, taking our precautions, washing our hands, using hand sanitizer, all that. I don't know what you do with toilet paper. I guess that'll eat it or something. It's supposed to make you immune. But my point is this, that when we connect with people outside of here, we are bringing the compassion and the love of our shepherd to them. He's with us, and he sees the people out there and perhaps he's calling you to minister in their lives in some way shape or form bringing the love and the compassion of jesus to them amen now may the peace of god which passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds and keep them in christ jesus our lord amen